You're listening to Wholesaling Inc. episode number 49. Uh, in a large organization where ultimately tomorrow they could call me and say, hey, you know what, your, your gig is up and uh, thank you very much. It was a great 17 years, but we'll see you later. Uh, so that's, that's one of the reasons I jumped in and said I really need to figure out how I more actively build out a business that can run, not, not necessarily without me, but certainly uh, with little involvement. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. Investor Grit presents Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. Welcome to another podcast episode with Wholesaling Inc. powered by Investor Grit. My name is Cody Hoffheim and I will be hosting today and today we have a rock star rhino that's been in the tribe for not even a year. He joined about May of 2016 and he has found a unique way to make wholesaling work for him. So if you are listening to this podcast, if you are driving, keep driving, don't pull over and do the notes. But if you are not driving, have a pen and a pad of paper ready because he's going to share some gold nuggets that could help you if you're kind of in that place where you've got a great job and it's hard to really jump off of because of the, the income and all the stuff that that provides. This is kind of a unique scenario where you're going to learn from a gentleman by the name of Ed Lamus, and he is in San Antonio, Texas. And he's found a unique way because he's set up that way where 50% of his time is on the road uh, working for a Fortune 150 company. And so he's over, let's see, Ed, I'm going to bring you on a second to back me up, but he's over the marketing and sales and he's going to share some strategies that have helped him still wholesale, even though he has this unique job that uh, has great pay, great time. But ultimately, Ed, you're going to laugh with me, but we call it the golden handcuffs. <laughs> Ed, how are you? I'm great, Cody. Hey, thanks for having me. All right. Fill us in on the gaps and kind of give us a little background and share people a little bit so they can get to know your personality and who you are. But I laugh saying the, the golden handcuffs because we kind of talked about this before we started pushing record on this podcast. But I absolutely love the strategy you do because ultimately you do have a great job, but also at the same hand, you do want to jump over full time to wholesaling. So kind of give us a background and kind of what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely, Cody. So th thanks again. I I'll tell you, I, I, I definitely do have a great job. It's a good paying job. And the tougher part is I actually like what I do. So I, as Cody mentioned, you know, sales <laughs> and marketing is, is, is my background. And that's where I spent the majority of my time. So I've been in corporate America for a long 17 years. So I wouldn't have hung, around, hung out at a place for that long if I didn't like the company and uh, more importantly, the job I was doing. So but I will tell you that uh, real estate has always had a special place in my heart. I've always had a passion for it. Over the last 20 years or so, I've, I've been involved in real estate, whether, you know, early on I was doing fix and flips back when the, the market was a little nicer uh, to fix and flippers and allowed for a little more, uh, a little more room for error. And I also started way back when uh, just doing buy and hold real estate. So I, I still have a small rental portfolio that I want to continue to add to. Last, last year, uh, as Cody mentioned, hearing a little bit about wholesaling, which was a totally new concept to me. So I you know, ran across the Wholesaling Inc. podcast and was really intrigued by what I heard. 
And then, you know, shortly after that, you know, I joined the tribe and have really never looked back. So I'll pause there, Cody, to see if yeah, no, thanks for filling the gaps. That's that's exactly what we wanted. That's awesome. So let's do this. Let's kind of deep dive maybe a deal that a way that you have found maybe a most recent deal or maybe a favorite deal that you've done. Because in this time, knowing that you have a full time job and it, it's a demanding job, but it's a great job nonetheless. And with that being said, You've done how many deals, and it's been almost a year, but how many deals have you done in that in that time span? I've closed a total of five deals. Five deals, and these are deals that maybe you've a mix of you've closed, but also you're going to share a strategy of how you've been able to do it because you have to satisfy, satisfy both the employer, but also feel that satisfying love of, of real estate as well. So that's awesome. So let's maybe deep dive maybe a favorite deal what it looked like, and then kind of the strategy of what you do in general, of how you're able to manage both this great job, but also find time to do this on the side. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, let me do this. Let, let me start off with, with the first deal, because I think, think there there may be some lessons learned here. Certainly one of not giving up. Um, Perfect. So yeah, after jumping in and, and uh, starting to take the course that you guys provide, uh, you know, I went to, you know, the favorite list, right, quote unquote, air quotes here, uh, the tax delinquent list. So in our county, it takes a little bit of work to get a hold of the list. And then the harder part is they, they basically hand you this list, which has every record since the beginning of time, it seems like. <laughs> and they hand you a CD and it's got this cryptic coding. So the first was, okay, what the heck do I do with that? I, you know, if you give me a spreadsheet, I can figure that out. But what is all this, you know, the funky coding that's in here? So I, I quickly went to, to Upwork to try and find a um, freelancer out there that knew, you know, what this type of code was. A lot of misses, but but finally I ran across a guy that says, oh yeah, I know exactly what that is and I can convert it to Excel. So we did that. And it literally was so large that it, he had to split it into three different spreadsheets. Holy smokes. So, yeah. And, and seriously, all, all kidding aside, every for every year, for every time someone is delinquent, they keep a record, right? So you can imagine if they've been delinquent for the last 20 years, uh, there's a record for every year, right? So multiply that by the, you know, the number of people here. And we're probably sitting in a county of about 1.5 million people. So big, big list, short story. Wow. <laughs> in any event, again, right? Progress, not perfection, as you guys like to say, which I love. <laughs> uh, okay, what do I do now? So, you know, w one of the strategies is to try to drill down into a, a hot zip area. Well, part of the challenge I had is it didn't give you the zip code for the property. It gave you the zip code only for the mailing address, right? So if it was owner-occupied, that was pretty cool, right? You, you had the zip code for the property, but if it wasn't, uh, then you didn't have that. So I basically just started taking chunks of the list and I'm just going to start mailing. So I did that. And at that time, I had partnered with a buddy of mine who unfortunately had lost his job. But he had time and I had, you know, some money to spend on marketing. Lo and behold, we started getting calls pretty quickly. And what happened was we started getting calls outside of what I would say the hot zip code areas. Uh, so to give you an example, there's probably 60 plus zip codes in the county. And I would say probably 15 to 20 of those I would consider, you know, a good hot zip area where you can find some good buyers. So Ed, well, tell me this. what makes it a hot zip code versus cold zip code so our listeners can understand kind of what's that criteria that lets you know of the 60 you say 15 to 20 are hot what what's different about those that make those unique and hot absolutely so if you go and uh, do research like you're taught to do uh, in the course 
uh, you can fairly quickly identify where the cash buyers are, right? Who, what zip codes are being um, homes are being purchased for cash? Exactly. Okay. And then you can get a count, right, as to how many properties, and you basically just do a, you know, top-down ranking, so you can get your your absolute hottest zip code down to the coldest zip code. Perfect. So once you figured out the hot zip code, the cold zip codes, what was the next step for you? So again, started mailing since I had, again, for owner occupied, I knew who the hot zip codes were, but for the others, it was a little bit of a shot in the dark. So we started mailing and, and I guess I, you know, based on the fact that some of these outlying areas probably didn't see as much mail, we started getting quite a few calls outside of what I would say where, you know, the target area was picked up that the very first motivated seller that, that I ended up uh, talking to was a gentleman who was again on the very skirts of, of the county that had a, a mobile home with land, right? So that's another thing that, that gets taught in the courts, right? It's probably a good idea to make sure you understand, you know, your particular area of the country, whether or not the mobile home is attached to the land. And in this case it was, and he was basically called a tired landlord. So he had a vacant mobile home that had been sitting there. He had let his brother live in it. He trashed it and he was ready to be done with it. So that was the very first deal that that we uh, were able to lock down and again, put under contract. Uh-huh. And then came the next challenge, right? At that point, I probably had about 50 cash buyers on my cash buyer list, uh, but guess what? None of them bought in that area. So again, think out of the box, what do you do? I, we basically just decided to put a bunch of bandit signs out in the area to find cash buyers in that specific area of town. Uh-huh. And lo and behold, we found somebody that Fortunately, that's actually what he liked. He liked mobile homes, and uh, he was in the market for a new one to rent out. So we were able to to move that contract, and we made uh, $5,000 on that. $5,000. So I love that you said think outside the box because not everything fits inside the box. And what makes it maybe a little bit unique so our listeners understand, sometimes dealing with mobile homes, yes, can you make money with mobile homes? Absolutely. But with that being said, sometimes it's a niche buyer. Typically, not all your buyers are going to want to deal with mobile homes. But then if your list is strong enough, and that's why we always tell everyone the most important piece when starting wholesaling is not finding a deal, but having a strong and a large cash buyers list. Because if you can have that in place, you're more likely that when you come across these situations that Ed's talking about, you're able to move that deal because you have so many cash buyers on your list. So, and you said, did this guy end up, he didn't, he wasn't actually on your list. You ended up finding him. What was the way you actually found him on this again? A uh, bandit sign. So just a bandit sign. Okay. So you posted a sign out there and you attracted him and ultimately make $5,000, which Ed, by the way, hold on one sec. We've got to get you, you know, what's coming. Hold on one sec. There it is. There's a bell for every thousand you made. So $5,000 you made. And did you say you partnered with someone on that when you did it? And does that look like a split or how do you do that stuff? Yeah, that one was a a straight split. So the original, obviously the the target assignment fee would have been 10 K, which would have left five for each. This was a five K total split. So we split that and got 2,500 a piece. Cool. So let's maybe walk through this because this is great. I know there's a lot of people in this nation that are listening to Ed right now and they're thinking, man, this is the same similar scenario I'm in. I really want to get into wholesaling. I really want to get into real estate, but I have this great job and it's really hard to walk away and it's something I really like, but I also really want to like wholesaling. 
how have you been able to handle this job that you really like, but also find time to close five deals over the last year with very little time involved in it? Well, it's a couple of things. Back in, I would say probably in the fall time frame, I decided to up my network of other investors in my area for a couple of reasons. One is obviously it's always good to have a strong network. I also want to understand what people were doing in my particular territory. And then ultimately, I was looking for the right type of people to partner with, right? Because again, a lot of travel for me. Uh, I've got a two-year-old and a five-year-old at home uh, and a wife, so certainly don't want to take a lot of time away from my family because that's obviously important. So with all those things that, that were demanding my attention, I had to figure out how can I best maximize the, the time that I do have. Uh, and in talking to a lot of investors, one of the things that kept coming up as far as one of their challenges was marketing, really systems and marketing. Uh, and by the way, that's my background, right? So I thought, hey, well, here's, a, here's an opportunity for me to leverage the skills that, that I use on a daily basis in my J-O-B and see if I can parlay them into investing, right? So uh, that's where I decided to really, you know, hunker down and build out my system and try to get it as you know, clean and run it, running it as efficiently as possible so that then I could go and leverage that skill and that the system that I had built with wholesalers who were looking to basically leverage what I had built. So again, something key that you're mentioning here for all of our listeners is I think success in a lot of business, it's not just wholesaling, but I would assume this is also with even the company you work for, is it's so key that systems are in place because when you have a system place, it's scalable. Ed's not scalable. Ed can't be in 150 places at once, but if he has a system in place, he'll find a way to do it. And so I think it's so key. And everyone's saying system, system, systems. What does that system look like that's in place that allows this to happen? Sure. So, so what I had put in place was I uh, hired a virtual assistant. I happened to be out of the Philippines. Went through actually quite a few virtual assistants because one of the things that, you know, how you use a virtual assistant and what you would outsource to them, uh, for me, it was really out of necessity, right? So once I got past the part of, or, or the, the issue I had in my own head about, you know, me having to have control over it and me, you know, making sure that it was 100% to my uh, liking and approval, you know, things moved uh, pretty quickly. So I, I found, again, as I mentioned, uh, went through a few virtual assistants, found one that had really top-notch English speaking skills and good communication skills. Because one of the things I'm having them do, again, you mentioned scale. I can't, I can't return a lot of phone calls. I can't answer calls live. I can do a lot of that. And again, trying to find the most efficient way to get that done. I basically spent a lot of time on the front end training a virtual assistant to do that on my behalf. So that was one. So the, the VA not only does, you know, answers my calls and returns calls, she also manages my CRM, which I happen to use Podio, uh, just based of, uh, on some of the, the cool features that it has. And she also manages a lot of my direct mailing, right? So she does a lot of that work for me. Uh, so again, you know, if I'm on a plane or if I'm in a meeting, it's all happening while, you know, while I'm away and I don't have to worry about that. Uh, so I, and then, uh, hold right there, Ed. I think I know the answers, but I'm going to ask you this to, so our listeners can kind of learn from this. Has it been absolutely easy going through hiring virtual assistants, doing these trainings when they live overseas in the Philippines? Has all this been absolutely just rainbows and unicorns? No. <laughs> no. And I love that answer because that's so true. But Ed, then the second question would be, 
after you have put forth this massive action, this progress, not perfection, and you've trained these individuals, has it been worth it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, I, and I'll tell you, too, the, the, the other important thing to remember is uh, it's not a one and done with a virtual assistant. I think the cool thing is if and when you find the right one, it's very easy to keep them motivated and not only monetarily. I mean, it's interesting, right? We're, we're all human beings. We all want to know that we're doing a good job and we want, all want to be fulfilled by what we do. Guess what? That's what they want, too. And again, after you know, a couple of trial and errors with, with some different folks, I finally found one that, that does a great job for me. And the other thing I tell you is I mentioned not one and done in that it's not like I trained them three months ago and I've never talked to them again, right? Sure. It's, sure. It's, I think everyone needs to hear this, by the way, too. Yeah, absolutely. It requires constant communication. I'm a visual person, so I like to do that and provide that kind of training. So there's a bunch of different tools. So if, if, if there's something that's not happening uh, in the correct manner or I want to add a different task to to my VA, I basically record a video of me walking through that process for her, and then she sees it, and then she can always refer back to it, right? So, so I key, because I think a lot of this over like the phone or overseas for that matter, sometimes we feel like our communication, what we said over the phone by voice is so clear, like there's no way you can mess this up. And I'm telling you, so key is what you just said is, I actually record my screen, me doing the actual process, because at that point, they can't really mess up because they're seeing that step by step by step, which is ultimately how you get successful anyways, is break everything down granular and you give them simple instruction, which is key. Absolutely. So, you know, that, that again, is part of the system. Just, just to kind of finish out that whole system conversation. I, on the other end, here locally, I've got uh, two different wholesalers that I'm working with. One that said, hey, I, these are the zip codes I want, I would like to work, and this is you know, where I have my buyer's list, which is also a benefit, right? There, there are some, and we can talk about it as well here, maybe as, as we round out here, but the, you do give up a few things, right? So I, I'm participating in a 50-50 split. Uh, in some cases, uh, I'm covering some of the costs, and so with one of the wholesalers, I cover the VA cost and the direct mail cost. With the other wholesaler, I was able to negotiate where they cover all the costs. So I think there's different ways to approach it, and there's definitely benefits and, in some cases, some drawbacks. But at the end of the day, my, my whole goal was how do I get involved? How do I continue to move the ball forward as it relates to wholesaling? And how do I get to participate and, and create a little bit of mailbox money, right? So so on the, on the back end of the system, again, the VA is taking the calls, and then she creates the leads in Podio and then assigns them to the appropriate wholesaler you know, given the zip code area that we're running direct mail in. And then the wholesaler picks it up from there. What's cool about that is, and I can go into the system periodically and see what's happening and see if leads are progressing, see if they're updating leads. So I get a real-time view of what's being worked on. And then I can also leverage it to either coach the wholesaler, right? And increase communication there and or the VA. So it kind of gives me a dashboard of what's happening in my business uh, without me actually being in the business, you know, every minute of the day. I love it. I absolutely love it. So with all that being said, I love that you've broke down pretty granular how your business is set up and how it works for you so that you can accomplish both sides, the the employment side, as well as the the wholesaling side, what you want to get into. Now, ultimately, is, is your goal, because that's the beautiful thing that people need to hear. I mean, ultimately, is the goal to do wholesaling full-time and be done with corporate America, or is your goal like, no, I love it so much that I, I actually just love doing this kind of on the side, and it's kind of just fun? 
Yeah, I tell you, it's probably, uh, and it changes from day to day, right? I I think the beauty of it is uh, I've always known that real estate, you know, could and would be kind of the, uh, and I'll call it a safety net. You know, if you pick up, you know, any newspaper or I don't know if you pick up a newspaper anymore, but if you look online and read it. <laughs> I just say, I don't even know what you're talking about. No, just <laughs> yeah, kidding. <laughs> you youngins don't know anything about it. <laughs> in, in any case, if you read any headline, right, there, there's there's layoffs going uh, on left and right. I'm, again, as, as you mentioned, uh, in a large organization where ultimately tomorrow they could call me and say, hey, you know what? Your, your gig is up and uh, thank you very much. It was a great 17 years, but we'll see you later. Uh, so that's that's one of the reasons I jumped in and said I really need to figure out how I more actively build out a business that can run, not not necessarily without me, but certainly uh, with little involvement. Uh, so that's one. The, the other I would tell you is the other method to my madness here in both cases with, with both wholesaling partnerships that I built out or JVs that I built out. Uh, the other agreement is I, I have the right of first refusal on cherry picking deals. Right. So I mentioned my rental portfolio. Again, I do believe strongly in the fact that, uh, you know, a good rental portfolio will provide, you know, a lasting legacy for, you know, my, my family, right? Ultimately, it'll create some nice positive cash flow. And then ultimately, it's, it's a nice legacy to leave behind. So I have the opportunity as we come across these deals to take the deal down myself and keep it as a rental and or if I want to decide I want to go flip, which I probably won't. Uh, but ultimately, I have the ability to make that decision. In a roundabout way, I would tell you that I, I really don't see myself staying in corporate America much longer. So the quicker that I can build up the wholesaling business and also at the same time, you know, start to pick up more uh, rentals for my portfolio, the quicker I'll exit and become a full-time real estate investor. Man, that is awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Everyone here listening today, I know there's plenty of people that this resonates strong with where they're with corporate America, but they want to get into wholesaling. And this is yet another way of how you can do it. That's why there's there's not just one way to wholesale. Yes, the principles run through and, and, and there, there's some true principles on how to do it, but how you set up your systems can vary in so many ways. And, and this is yet another podcast of helping you understand that there's not just one way to run your business when it comes to wholesaling. There's not just, that's it, set in stone. The way that Cody does it, that's the way it has to be done. No, like Ed is doing it completely different from the way I'm doing, but it works. It absolutely works for him. And so he's able to fulfill his his job and fulfill his love for real estate. And ultimately, it's gonna get to the point, like he said, to where he's gonna jump over to it full time. He's also built up some passive income with rentals. And I would say that's one of the sweetest byproducts of wholesaling is the fact that you get a cherry pick your absolute favorite homes and keep them for your long-term buy and hold. And I love the word legacy wealth because that's something that you truly can pass on. When your time's done on this earth, that is something that still can remain to those that are going to inherit it, whether that's children, whether that's family, whether that's friends, however you set that up, but legacy wealth. And I truly do believe you can get rich off wholesaling, but wealth, true wealth comes from passive income, income that is money that's working for you, whether you're asleep, awake, whatever you're doing. And, and I love that Ed just touched briefly on how important it is to have that passive income so that he can ultimately, that's going to be his means of not just straight wholesaling, but between the two of them, he'll be able to jump the corporate world to a full-time investing world. And I love that, Ed. Thank you for sharing that, man. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. So if you were to look back like a full, almost up to a year of wholesaling, if you were to look back to the beginning, 
what would you give for words of advice? If you could start over again, you would do it this way or something that was really good that you did do that you'd make sure you did it again. What would that look like for the words of advice? You know, I would tell you, and, and you hear it all the time, right? And, and it's probably overused, but take action. I know that sounds simple. You're going to say, well, what, is, what exactly does that mean? For me, you know, once I signed up and committed to doing it and getting it done, one of the commitments I made to myself was, again, being that I was busy, family, work, all that fun stuff, I committed to spending no less than 30 minutes a day on my business. Now, that may not sound a lot, but when you're, you know, looking for slivers of time, you know, once the kids go down and, you know, I get any any leftover work I've got to finish up when I get home, I figured at least 30 minutes. Uh, so whether that was going through the course and then, you know, taking any um, specific action that that was mentioned in the course or, you know, re- researching different ways to market, working on my list, working on my network of investors, I would tell you that you need to commit to doing something every single day. And that includes even the Sabbath on Sunday, <laughs> right? For, for at least 30 minutes, you, you need to commit because what it does, if you don't do that, what ultimately happens is the days grow longer and longer as far as the time that you're spending on your business. So even a little bit of time every day will create some huge momentum for you. I would tell you that's probably one thing that I did that I would um, recommend others do. Just stay in that business and make sure that it's top of mind and that you're working it on a daily basis. I love it. So there's two key points there, Rhino Nation, to listen up for is staying consistent. Even if that means as simple as 30 minutes a day, but being consistent on working on your business, that's key. That's, that's words of like gold right there. Words of wisdom on how to grow any business and how to be successful in anything in life is be consistent. He who stays consistent, it's like the, the tortoise and the hare. The tortoise stayed consistent, the hare didn't. And so you got the tortoise that won. Same thing in wholesaling. Stay consistent. And there's a book that actually kind of goes over what Ed's talking about that I'm just reading now. If you're looking for a good read, it's called Action. Nothing happens until something moves. So if you think about that, there's nothing but truth said there in the sense of you can't expect things to happen unless you're willing to go move, go do something. You have to do something. Now, in Ed's perspective, it doesn't necessarily have to be Ed, but someone has to move. Someone has to answer those phone calls. Someone has to get back to those motivated sellers. Someone has to go put the homes under contract. So if it's not you yourself, Adopt a little bit of hybrid approach like what Ed's done to where he has people go out and do that for him. And that way he's able to accomplish this and still accomplish action. And so I couldn't agree more that action is probably the most important thing when getting involved in wholesaling specifically, but in anything in life, you have to take massive, massive action. So with that being said, Ed, what about a good book? I know you've read a lot of goodies out there. If you can narrow it down to one book, what would that be one for recommendation and why? Yeah, I, I would tell you that the one that probably made the most profound uh, impact on me here lately and actually right after joining the tribe was uh, The Four Spiritual Laws of Prosperity. Love that you book. Guys have. Yeah, it, it's, it's an absolutely great book. I, I would tell you probably that the biggest, I'll call it an aha moment or, or, or impact that I had was the tithing section. So right up, I've always, you know, quote unquote tithed, but it helped me take it to a new level and appreciate it for what it was. And oh, by the way, it was also one of the hardest things to do. <laughs> so I'm proud and also a bit embarrassed to tell you that before I read the book, 
yeah, I was tithing a little bit here, a little bit there, kind of whatever was left over, if you would. Sure. Uh, but the embarrassing part is I actually, after reading the book, I, I took my tithing up by about 80%. Wow. So, wow. yeah, I, I'm embarrassed about it, but I'm also proud about it because it, it really resonated with me. And it was probably one of the biggest, what I'll call faith-based actions that I've taken in my life. Because it really is, it's a challenge, man. Put it out there and then just, you know, know that it's going to be brought back to you tenfold. You know, it's easy to say, but actually doing it was a challenge. So that's probably the one book and and then the area of the book that spoke to me. uh, I love it. Ed, thank you for sharing that. That is a great book for everyone out there. It's called The Four Spiritual Laws of Prosperity. If you have not read that, definitely order it today. That's a great book. Ed, thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate it. And I know our listeners appreciated it because they'll be able to listen and understand because they might have spoke that exact same language where they're in corporate America and they're wondering how to get started. So I know this podcast is going to help them understand that there are ways you can do this, even though you don't have much time to devote to it as simple as 30 minutes a day. So thank you for sharing all those tips and gold nuggets. And I appreciate your time being here on the podcast today. Hey, Cody, my pleasure. Thanks so much for your time. And thanks for all you you guys are doing for the the tribe. You guys are awesome. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, I know coming up quickly, we'll be able to see each other live as you are coming to the Salt Lake City event. I'm going to talk a little bit about that is... Listeners, if I'm calling all rhinos, first and foremost, if you're in the tribe, we have an event coming up that's going to be the best wholesaling event of the year, and it's going to be held in Salt Lake City, Utah, and that's April 27th through the 29th of 2017, so it's coming up here shortly. And there's going to be an amazing, like tons of amazing guests, not just one, but there's going to be a great lineup. And really, this event is meant to help everyone 10x their business in wholesaling for 2017. Now, the best part about this is this event is 100% free to tribe members. In fact, it is only for tribe members. So if you're part of the tribe and you have not RSVP'd and booked your seat, seats are starting to be limited. We only have 200 seats and we're more than halfway filled. So with that being said, go to Wholesaling Summit 2017.com and book your RSVP there so that we know if you're coming. And then if you're not a member of the tribe and it's something you're interested in to come to that event and be part of the tribe, you can also book a call with our team from that exact same webpage, wholesalingsummit2017.com, so that you can come to uh, this live event in Salt Lake City, April 27th through 29th. Until next time, Rhino Nation, this has been another great podcast interview with Mr. Ed Lemus from San Antonio, Texas. And And we will catch you next time on Wholesaling Inc. Take care. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at InvestorGrit.com by joining the mailing list, as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling. 